This is In-Ear Insights, the Trust Insights Podcast. In this week's In-Ear Insights, we're talking about uh, all things uh, budgeting and planning. And got this uh, question from a recent webinar we were on that we didn't have time to go to uh, in the webinar. But uh, Janine asks, every customer wants to spend on only what converts and just do little tests, which means that these companies, and we're speaking more about larger enterprises here, want to spend very little money up front, which is unrealistic in a business where we are building an entire funnel. How do we address this and get stakeholders to allocate a bigger budget to really get a yield? And I think this is a really interesting question because it is very much a stakeholder thing at a larger enterprise. And that, yeah, there are some things where you have to have a larger investment up front to get any return later on because you can't undo it or go back in time. Analytics is the, the, the classic example. You can't ever go back in time and get data that you weren't collecting to begin with. So if you didn't do the upfront work, you can't get the return later on, the yield later on. So Katie, when you hear this question, what does it bring to mind? How do you convince somebody to say like, yeah, well, you're gonna need to spend a lot more money up front to get the results you want? Unfortunately, there's not like a, okay, do this thing and bam, you're going to get buckets of money for what you want. It's, it's, you're playing the long game. There's an educational component that goes into this. And so if you, the person are looking for the money and you need to con like convince your stakeholders that they need to invest in this, you need to give them concrete information as to why. So you really need to help them understand, uh, the customer journey, you need them to understand sort of the, the full picture in terms of, okay, if we are at the awareness stage, this is what happens. If we're at the engagement stage, this is what happens. If we're at the conversion stage, this is what happens. And so to your point, Chris, everybody wants to invest in the conversion, which makes sense. Everybody wants the win. They want the dollar. They want the customer. But not doing the other things, not doing the awareness, not doing the engagement means that you likely won't get to the conversion stage. And so your job as the marketer uh, is to help educate the stakeholders, the decision makers on what that means. And so, you know, you might have to do some of your own homework of like, well, what does the funnel look like? If I bring in this many people to the website, how many people stick around and then how many people convert? And so sort of outlining those bits and pieces so that you can do that demo, essentially that business case, that proof of concept, whatever you wanna call it to demonstrate, here's what happens if we don't invest. And so you might even be playing out those scenarios of, okay, maybe you can't invest everything in it. Maybe here's what happens if you invest a lot, here's a little and here's none. So that they can just kind of understand what that means. I think a lot about this like supply chain almost. Actually, you know what's mm -hmm. a really good example is like you you just baked a really, really nice sourdough loaf recently, right? I did. I was very impressed by it. It was I don't know if I can replicate that, but it came out amazing. And and so what this is essentially saying is that you know, a stakeholder is saying, No, no, I just want to eat the, the really good bread. Like I, I just want you to bake the loaf and and, and eat it. And it's ignoring the nine year old starter, right? It's ignoring the buying the flour. It's ignoring the process of, uh, you know, kneading the dough and rising it and letting it rest and all these things. So it's like you're trying to skip 
the boring, unsexy part of the recipe where you don't see results, right? You can't, I mean, you shouldn't eat raw. So I mean, no, I mean, you can, but don't, you shouldn't. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> to get to just this little part here at the end, which is when you, know, when you pull the loaf out of the oven, you're like, aha, here is the final product. And that mindset of, I'm going to skip all this other stuff, you know, the, this, this lengthy, boring process that shows no results just to get to the part is, I think that's the short-sightedness. So how do you help mm -hmm. somebody overcome that to help them realize, no, you cannot just make loaves of bread appear out of magic. You actually do have to do and invest time and money and effort and all this stuff so that you can eventually pull that loaf out of the oven. You know, it's interesting. It makes me think, you know, we as humans are always looking for shortcuts and the quick wins. And I've certainly looked for, uh, you know, the two hour sourdough or the one hour, you know, bread recipe and they exist, but the quality, at least in my experience, just isn't as good. And what they also don't tell you is the amount of time, maybe even years that somebody put into experimenting to come up with that, you know, quick solution. Um, you know, and so the recipe that I've been using, you know, is a solid 24 hour recipe. Like I have to plan ahead, make the dough the day before, let it rise, you know, take it out, let it rise again. Like, you know, you're right. There's a lot of steps that go into it. And so, but that's not the point. That's not the part that we show. We just show the end result. And wow, doesn't that look easy? Um, you know, and it's not the first loaf of bread I've ever made. And so this is, you know, well over, at least for myself, a year of trying and failing and tweaking and coming up with different techniques and, you know, temperatures and those kinds of things. And so it's the exact same thing, just sort of the exact same concept when you're talking about your marketing. And so if we're all just trying to go towards that, like, end result, that output, or if you're seeing somebody say, we have the fast solution, we can get you all of those customers, just like that, in a snap, like, there's some big omissions of information that are happening. And so even if you're going for that quick solution, you still have to do your due diligence and help your stakeholders understand, here's all the stuff we're not doing. So when this inevitably doesn't work, here's what we have to go back to doing. So really I am sort of taking the hard and fast position of it's an educational process and you need to help them understand every piece of your customer journey and every piece of your funnel. Even if you're not the person who has control over those pieces, so that you can help them understand how they all fit together. But how do you deal with that that stakeholder who's like, no, 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 just give me the results. Just give me the, you know, I, I don't want to get bogged down in the details. You know, I'm a big picture, I'm a vision guy. Uh, and you're like, oh, God's sakes. <laughs> Lots of know, meditative breaths. <laughs> we know people like that who are like, yeah. who, you know, they're just the, the big picture strategists or whatever. And then they're like, you're like, well, no, you you can't ignore this process. And or in the even more unpleasant situations, when you have external stakeholders who are like, say, a board of directors or a CEO who says, this is the number we got to hit the number. And they're like, mm -hmm. you know, this, this is when you got to hit it by. Don't care how you do it. You've just got to do it. And, you know, it's like saying we're having a dinner party in two hours and you better have a loaf of bread on the table. Um, I don't care how you do it. But it, there's got to be a hot loaf of bread on the table in two hours. How do you deal with situations like that where, like, yeah, you know what? You, 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 there are situations where even 
even with a lot of budget, you can't buy your way out of the, the, the corner you've painted yourself into. So that's when shortcuts happen. And that's when quality suffers. And so in that scenario, someone gives me two hours to get a hot loaf of bread on the table. Guess what? I'm going to the store. I'm buying a loaf of bread off the shelf and I'm sticking it in the oven for like, you know, 10 minutes to warm it up. Is it going to be as good? Probably not. But too bad. That's what you asked for. So this is what you get in the short amount of time. It is no longer homemade. You know, it is no longer, you know, a 24 hour loaf of sourdough bread. It's something I got off the shelf because you said you wanted it right now. And so that's what ends up happening. And so again, sort of as the person being asked, even if your stakeholder isn't hearing you, if they're not listening, going through the process of documenting and explaining, here's what happens when we take shortcuts. Here's what happens when we don't follow um, you know, the process, or here's what happens when we ignore two major stages of our sales funnel, you've at least documented it. And I hate to say it, but it's almost for your own, you know, coverage. It's almost for your own protection. Because then when they come back and say, what happened? You can say, I gave you all of this information. And this is still the decision that you, the decision maker made, even with all of this information well, I've never seen this before and this is all new to me. Well, it's not because here's the date that I sent it to you on. Here's the conversation we had. So a lot of it, honestly, is just documenting and detailing how you, as the person trying to convince somebody, has tried to convince them, you know, for lack of a better term. So like you've done the research, you've shown them the research, you've played out the scenario, you said, here's what happens when you choose this scenario. Here's what happens when you choose this one. And just making sure there's that paper trail so that when they come back and say, this didn't work or this was a terrible decision, why did we do it this way? You have that like the standard to say, because it's the decision you made and here's why you made it. And then you participate in the great resignation. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I really, I hate playing it out that way, but unfortunately that is how it plays out is you have to protect yourself to a certain extent and a lot of that comes through your thorough analysis and documentation of here's what happens if we do nothing. Here's what happens if we do something. And here's what happens if we make the decision you want to make. Does that run, though, contrary to what Janine's trying to accomplish, where you know she's saying, how do we get people to give us a bigger budget? If you push back the, the truthful illustration, like, yeah, Mr. CMO, you made a bunch of crap decisions in a row and and this is the result you got um mm -hmm. he wants to do better next year and that person is not say self-aware enough to to recognize that they are in fact the problem um how do you navigate that because you i guarantee you won't get the budget you want from that person they'll actually probably just fire you because <laughs> like no no it's your fault clearly yeah you know there's definitely an art to it and so it's you know i want to be very clear that i'm not talking about manipulating the data or manipulating the person but there is definitely an art to working with somebody of that kind of personality and so you know think about it from like you already know what the decision is you know what it needs to be so understanding what kinds of things that person uh reacts to the best and so is it data is it you know understanding the customer like whatever the thing is and so like 
well, if we do this, we're going to have really great Google My Business reviews, or we're going to have really great Yelp reviews. And so making sure that you are highlighting the things that that person cares about the most, even if that's not the immediate thing that you're doing. Are there other side effects of you getting this money that will help them feel more comfortable with the decision they're making? Um, you know, is it a scientifically sound you know, methodology that is going to help them write an academic paper that will get peer reviewed and show off how smart they are, that, those kinds of things. So really just understanding the person that needs to make the decision and making sure you're highlighting the things that they care about, but also understanding the things that keep them up at night. And so helping to say, well, if we get more money to do these things, then you know, we will be able to increase our revenue and therefore you, we will be able to hit your goals that the CEO has put on you or those kinds of things. And so, again, it's not that you're manipulating the data or the conversation. You are just choosing the things to call out based on the audience. How much of a role do third parties play in that, do you think? Uh, you know, we've talked again on, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago on one of the live streams about how, in a lot of cases, a, a consulting firm like, you know, a McKinsey or an Accenture or somebody will actually be brought in to tell the exact same story that the internal stakeholder has been trying to tell. Like, yeah, you need to invest $2 million in this digital transformation effort or whatever. <clears throat> and it really is... No, it's not new information in any way, shape, or form, except it's coming from an, an outside party saying you need to invest $2 million in digital transformation. I know, by the way, our consulting fee is a million dollars. You know, it unfortunately, that definitely plays a part in it. There's something about the uh, authority of an outside consulting firm. And so, you know, it, you know, Chris, you and I have experienced this before. Like sometimes you'll tell me something and I will just, you know, ignore it, or I'll tell you something, and you'll just ignore it. But then someone. Be around. <laughs> well, no, I mean we both do it because it's just sort of like it when someone from the outside comes in then and says the exact same thing. You're like, oh my god, that is the greatest idea that I've ever heard. Why has nobody come up with this before? And then you and I, depending on the scenario, are just kind of sitting there like, I literally said that exact same thing five minutes ago. <laughs> what you need to do is take your ego out of it and say, it doesn't matter where the information comes from as long as it gets through. Now, if it's going to cost you an extra million dollars to do the thing, that might be a bigger, you know, consideration. Uh, but definitely, you know, again, sort of thinking through, does the person I'm trying to convince have enough respect in my experience in this particular situation to hear what I'm saying? So it's not respect for you as a person as a whole. It's in this particular context with that experience. Or do you need to bring in someone who is seen as an expert in that arena to maybe deliver the exact same information for it to be heard? And that, again, it's sort of that psychological piece of the puzzle where you just need to understand better the person that you're talking to and how they positively respond. I wish we, people were more rational or I could program them that way. <laughs> Good luck. Thank you. Um, so from that perspective, then, when someone's trying to build for their entire funnel and, and trying to get an allocated larger budget, how do you illustrate that 
to the stakeholder? Mm-hmm. Is it really like do you actually borrow the bread analogy and say like, yeah, here's the the eighty percent of the process up front that you're not going to get a result on that you want because you you're focused on that last five percent, but you need this first eighty percent in order to make it happen. Is are those analogies and frameworks uh, effective, or do you find there are other frameworks that are even more effective to get somebody to go, oh, that's why we need to invest a, a million bucks in this thing? You know, it depends. I, I'm sort of of the mindset that there is no one perfect framework. It really depends on what you as the person putting it together is the most comfortable with. Um, you know, and so I think having an analogy to help sort of, okay, this is really what they're trying to say, especially if it's more of an abstract thing or a brand new concept is helpful, but really having the data to demonstrate and back up the points that you're trying to make. And so, you know, let's say, you know, you use the bread analogy. So then you want to make sure you can clearly tie it back to your own marketing and your own data and sort of say, well, the preparation and the proofing, you know, or the making of the dough is the awareness and the proofing is the engagement and the baking is the output. So what does that look like for your marketing? And so if we decide to skip the dough making piece, nobody's going to come to our website. So therefore there's nobody to engage with our stuff and therefore there's nobody to buy the thing. And so making sure you're tying it back to the actual data and why it's important at every step and really just, you know, not trying to fancy it up and not trying to overcomplicate it, but really just saying in plain terms, if we can't drive awareness, which is how people come to our website and learn about us, nobody's going to buy anything. So we can't skip that stage. I think that's really important. That chain of evidence, you know, we, we call it like I've actually called it a marketing supply chain, where if the brand team is responsible for, say, like the ingredients like flour and, you know, and, and water and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the the engagement team is the equivalent of, you know, kneading and proofing and stuff like that. And then, and then the sales team is responsible for the baking and the delivery. From that perspective in your supply chain, then, yeah, if you skip or you under invest, like here's here's a, a nice pile of, of well baked flour <laughs> it's it's still a powder it's it mm-hmm. looks nothing like a loaf of bread because you didn't invest in that middle stage like you just either skipped over entirely or you didn't budget appropriately and i think that visual tells a story to somebody that maybe is easier for them to grok than understanding mqls and sqls and you know brand and, and all this stuff because a lot of the time in our work even you have a lot of these different metrics and they're not always necessarily intuitive to go, okay, mm-hmm. well, how does this relate to this? And you can do fancy cool stuff like, you know, XG boost and, you know, gradient boosting and regression algorithms. But I know about half the time I'll say those words and you're like, and? <laughs> well, and I think that's exactly it. I think that we try to, it's not that we're trying to sound smarter than we are, but if we, I think there's this idea that if we, you know, make it overcomplicated, then people just have to sign up for it because, you know, they're like, well, I don't fully understand it, but I know it's important. Therefore I need the thing. I don't subscribe to that at all. I never have. And so Chris, if you're coming to me and saying we need to gradient boost and do this and do that, I'm like, I I don't know what that is. And until I do, you're not getting any money. We actually had this happen last week where you were talking about, you know, emails going out and the Apache and this and that. And I think I responded like, you, you want a what now? And you were like, it's like traffic. If I just change the cadence of the stoplights, 
then traffic will keep moving. And I was like, oh, okay, now I understand what you're saying. Yeah, go ahead and spend time doing that thing. And I think we need to not, it's not that you're trying to dumb it down, but you're trying to make sure that you're getting sort of the lowest common denominator and then working your way back up from there. And so, you know, I, I totally agree. I don't think you should be including terms like MQL and SQL and, you know, this, that, the other, just be like, look, we need to get people coming to our website because they need to know who the heck we are. And once they're on our website, we need them to stay there and interact with our stuff because then they learn about us. And once they learn about us, they're like, oh my God, these guys are so cool. These guys are so smart. I want to hire them. And then just like really outlining it. Obviously it would be a little more professional than that. I'm sort of doing it quickly for the sake of the podcast, but like, don't overcomplicate it. Just explain exactly what it is and what the problem is. I, I think you have a long blog post to write on the sourdough bread marketing operations framework, honestly, because <laughs> there's a lot of validity to that. And they, you people are chasing after that result and you there's some stuff you just can't shortcut. I, it's like it's like if you're having a party, right, and you don't have enough ice, you cannot under normal circumstances make ice faster like you have to still put the trays in the freezer and your only choice you know when 30 minutes before the party is to go to the store and buy you know 20 pounds of bagged ice for 12 dollars, which you could have made at home for nearly free if you had planned ahead and 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 allocate the appropriate amount of time but you didn't so you got to go buy it somewhere else well and this this goes back to that scenario planning um and so you can absolutely do something in an hour. You can have bread in an hour. You can have bread in five minutes. You know, you can have ice in five minutes. You have to be okay. You have to reset your expectations and you have to be okay with the associated costs that that comes with. And then you have to be okay with the quality of it as well. And so if I want bread in five minutes, then I, I might be having it delivered because I don't have time to stop what I'm doing, you know, get to my car, go to the store, but I can have someone from, I don't know, Uber Eats deliver me a loaf of bread because I'm in my computer and I have an account already set up. So I can have that, you know, sent to me. Yeah, you'll if, just pay $32 for it. <laughs> I was going to say, but it's going to cost me a lot of money and the quality might not be good. And it might not be the exact thing that I wanted because then it's whatever they had in stock right that day or for the cost of, you know, two and a half cups of flour that I already have in my pantry, I can make a loaf of bread myself for less than $5 and it's going to be way better. And I have control over the ingredients. There's no extra chemicals. There's no, you know, whatever in it. And it's going to taste really good. And so that's the thing is like, you can get the fast thing, but it's going to cost you and you have to be okay with what you're getting. So it's really just making sure you're resetting your expectations. It goes back to the whole, you know, fast, cheap, or good, choose two. And so if, in Janine's question, if if mm -hmm. you don't want cheap, right, right, you have to take that off the table, and then you have to choose between fast and good. And presumably, you don't want not good, right? So that really, that, right. that pretty much by process of elimination rules out fast. So if you want budget, you have to build out the process and demonstrate to people this is not going to be fast, mm -hmm. right? but it will be good. Mm -hmm. And it will, you know, it may or may not be inexpensive, but, you know, the, that quality is, is really what we're after. So 
I think it's a good place to wrap up. I will say this. If you do happen to have an extra million dollars you just want to burn on consulting, uh, contact Trust Insights. <laughs> I'll throw in some sourdough bread for you. Exactly. A free loaf of sourdough bread with every million dollar consulting contract. Well, and Chris, uh, as we're wrapping up, what I'll say to that is, you know, the first time out as you're going through this kind of process, that's when it's going to take the longest because you're learning, you're pulling the data. But the more you do it, the more you execute your, you know, uh, campaigns against the different stages of your funnel. Theoretically, it scales more because it becomes more repetitive. So your sales cycle should start to shorten as you get better at engaging people, as you get better at, you know, bringing awareness to your company, that longer sales cycle should start to, you know, get smaller and smaller and smaller as you refine. And so that's the other piece that you need to be demonstrating is, look, this is where we're starting and this is our goal. Here's how we plan to get there so that this doesn't always take two years in our sales cycle that we get it down to, you know, one year or six months or whatever the goal is. Right, exactly. Once you've got the process optimized, then it's only the necessary amount of time. It's like if I use my bread machine, now that I know what all the measurements are, it takes two and a half minutes to get the ingredients together and then the the four hours for the machine to do its work. And that's unchangeable from my perspective. I mean, I could monkey around with it, but I won't. <clears throat> but instead of going 30 minutes of, you know, what do I need? Where do I need it? Now it's down to two minutes of follow the process, put the ingredients in, in the right order, and then and let the machinery do the work. So yep. uh, if you have questions, about your budgeting and your planning uh, and you want to chat with other like-minded folks about it hop on over to our free slack group go to trustinsights.ai slash analytics for marketers where you and over 2,000 other marketers are asking and answering each other's questions every single business day and wherever it is that you watch or listen to this show if there's a channel you'd prefer it on most of them are probably going to be over at trustinsights.ai slash ti podcast thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon Need help making your marketing platforms, processes, and people work smarter? Visit trustinsights.ai today and learn how we can help you deliver more impact.